Hey sis, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Haley. And today we are doing an advice or questions to your older sister advice episode. And we got some really good questions. I'm so excited. Yeah, we asked you guys on Instagram, like, what would you ask your older sister? And we got a good mix. Some are, I don't know, a little lighter. Some are deep philosophical questions, but (laughs) they're all really good. And we're excited to answer them. Also, we want to say thank you guys so much for all of the good feedback on our friendship episode that we did last week. We had so much fun making it. And Um, You guys have been so nice in reaching out, and we appreciate it. So thanks for the support. Yes, I second that. Okay, so we're just going to jump right into questions. Okay, the first question is, how do you feel pretty when no one in your life will say that you are? First off, this makes me so sad. Me too, this absolutely broke my heart. Same. Everyone's pretty, each in their own way. And like what I want to say is do things that like make you feel pretty because not because anyone says so, but because it just makes you feel pretty. Yeah. What you're doing and like what you're wearing and like who you are and things like that. Yeah, I agree. I think I think a lot of it is like we've talked about doing things that build your confidence. And I feel physical confidence kind of comes with when you have like confidence in other areas of your life or when you're proud of things in other areas of your life and I know it's like hard when you're not getting that validation from other people like that definitely as much as we don't want to like rely on others for validation like that's obviously still something that we are like we're humans and we just like we still want that yeah um but I think first of all just like remembering I've said this before but how you look is really the least interesting thing about yourself Mm -hmm. and focus on the great things about you like that you're a deep thinker that you that you're very active in like questioning your beliefs like whatever it is about yourself that you're you're a good friend whatever it might be that you're proud of about yourself focus on those things and I think confidence comes like I feel the happiest or I feel like the most beautiful when I'm like in the car with my friends like singing with the windows down or something I probably look like a lunatic like (laughs) I probably don't look cute but like I feel the most beautiful when I'm doing things that like bring me joy and yeah. when I'm also know like I know I'm a good friend I know I have like a really great support system in my life and so that is like when I feel the most beautiful but yeah I hope I hope that answer helps it's really hard that's it absolutely breaks my heart but know that you are beautiful and another person's estimation of you is not like a true reflection of you yeah 100 percent you are more than how you look and the prettiest part about you isn't even isn't the way you look it's like your heart and personality and the things that you believe in and all of that okay second question is high school as scary as it seems (laughs) oh man going to high school I was terrified um but I will say it's less scary than it seems But everything's new and unexpected. Like, you're going to be in classes with, like, upperclassmen and people who are, like, three years older than you. And it's a new campus. You may not know where you're going and new teachers and, I don't know, all of that is just, like, unexpected and new. But I think something that would make it less scary is to just accept the fact that you actually don't – you, like, aren't supposed to know how to do it or, like, what to do or to do it well your first time like as a freshman even as like if you're a senior totally be a senior like every year brings something new and 
So yes, it's scary, but is it scary or is it just new and just embrace the unknown and the mistakes as they come because you're not like you're growing. You shouldn't have it figured out yet. And yeah, you're going to be fine. It'll be great. Yeah, I agree. Second, sorry if we've made high school seem so freaking scary. <laughs> um, I feel like every time we, we talk about high school, like that was the worst time of my life. Not true at all. Um, it's just, okay, this is what I would say. This might not be your experience. For me, middle school was absolutely the worst time of my life. It sucked. And I feel like it sucks for a lot of people. Middle school is like the lowest of the low. And high school is 10 times better than that. And then college is 10 times better than that. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a progression. And it's, there are a lot of like, really, really, you will make a lot of really good memories. Hopefully you'll make friends that you'll have for a long time. I also think at some point you had to do your first day of kindergarten. You had to do your first day of elementary school. You had to do your first day of middle school. And you have 100% success rate with that. Like, look at the evidence. There's no evidence to suggest that you won't do well and thrive in high school. Like, you, you've you done that. You've had to start new things throughout your life. And you've, like, made it this far. So there's no evidence to, to suggest that you, like, won't be amazing in high school. So it's definitely not as scary as it seems. It's a lot of fun. Like Emma said, you're going to make mistakes. Give yourself grace for that. Remember, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody and really life just keeps getting better like it really does yeah as you get older yeah and even though people may seem like they have it figured out in high school really nobody does 100 percent. oh my gosh so, no don't feel alone in the fact that like nobody else like you feel like you don't have it all together or you know what's going on because nobody else does either they're faking it yeah i remember well i've gone to the same my high school that i went to i started there in sixth grade like it was like a six through twelve And I remember, like, when I was in sixth grade, I would look at the seniors and I would be like, they are adults. (laughs) Like, they have it together. And I got to senior year and I was like, I am literally, like, a hot mess. But, like, mine is the hot triple the mess, you know? Yeah. And, (laughs) like, the... (laughs) I really... I didn't come up with that, guys. I saw in someone's Twitter bio one time and I thought it was funny. Sorry. Full disclosure. But, like, no, it's true. You you really do think everyone has figured out. And no one has any clue what they're doing. And you want to know something? That's true for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> so going far, into my first... better. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I'm going into my first, whatever, big girl job. And I'm like, I'm such an imposter. Like, I don't belong here. I have no clue what I'm doing. I feel like such a fraud. And I'm like, I talk to my coworkers about that. And I'm like, everyone feels like that. Like, you're going to have moments where you're like, who, who's letting me do this? Like, I, I have no right to be here. But, like, everyone's just figuring it out as they go for the rest of their lives, honestly. Oh, good. That sounds so fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was meant to be an encouragement, not negative. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, next question. How do you apply morals slash ethics from philosophy or other religions while trying to live Christ-like? Ooh. Um, I thought this was really good. I did, too. Honestly, I think about this like a lot because coming out of like behavior health and studying counseling and behavior and mental health and all of that, I've been trained to accept like people's backgrounds for what it is and to not impress mm-hmm. my own like worldview on other people. Right. And so I don't know if this is unfortunate or not, but in my personal life, I tend to err more towards doing that too. And like, I know what my absolute is. Like, I know what I believe to be truth, but I have a hard time enforcing that onto other people, not enforcing that, but like expecting that same thing from other people. Yeah. 
and it's definitely like a balance like I don't think I do it very well because I do air more of the side of like well that's your experience this is your life like you're living in the same world I am but like just because I was born in a Christian home doesn't mean that like like if I was born in a I don't know a different religion like I don't know a Hindu home or household and like who am I to say that I wouldn't be just as a devout like Hindu as I am a Christian now just because I was born in a Christian home. Does that make sense? Right. So yeah, no, totally. I just, I don't know. It's more of like, I know what I believe to be truth and I'm going to live by that, but I'm not going to expect that from other people. But I do want that same free, like I want people to have that same freedom no matter like their background. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. I think I it's been a hot minute since I took world religions. But one thing that my professor said when I was in that class was that like every religion or philosophy or whatever it is has an aspect of truth to it. That doesn't mean it's absolute truth, but there is truth in every religion and we can learn something from every single like different religion or philosophy. Like we can look at, you know, Islam and realize like the importance of praying or whatever, like whatever religion, we can look at it and find aspects of truth in it that we can apply to our own lives. That doesn't make it like our absolute truth or our absolute belief, but you still can apply those principles like to your your life, even as a Christian. Um, and I think there's like a lot of overlap. Like there, I, oh yeah, the belief in Jesus might not be the same, but there's definitely like a lot of overlap in in principles. And I think one of the one of the biggest things about Jesus, like if you're trying to live Christ like is like Jesus met people where they were at. So just wherever people are in like their different beliefs or whatever, just like meeting them where they're at, you know. So that's good. Yeah, I think that's what I would say on that. Okay, next question. How do you get over heartache? Ouch. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is to just allow yourself to have no timeline in the healing process. Like, Mm -hmm. there are times that you're going to be, I don't know, doing something totally random and all of a sudden you're just going to miss that person and, like, that's okay. And some experiences may be triggering or some relationships might be triggering of, like, a past love or relationship and that's okay. Like, you can still feel all those things and simultaneously, like, be moving on with life. Yeah. Um, but we also did a heartbreak episode as well, which I highly recommend. Also made me want to vomit when we put it out. But oh my gosh, it yeah, was good, and hopefully that's a bit more helpful. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say check that out. We talked about it extensively, and legit, I was nauseous when we, like, released it, <laughs> especially because we had, like, very specific stories, and we're like, this is really, I feel so exposed. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think for sure not putting a timeline on, on healing and processing, but making it, like, being intentional in processing it, because if you don't, if you just try to distract yourself from it now because you don't want to, like, feel the hurt, it's going to come up in, like, other ways later, and... Mm-hmm probably affect your future relationships like if you don't work through your relational hurts now then you're not going to be like aware of them in the future necessarily um so it will like continue to impact you so I do think like be intentional in in working through it as hard as that is and as much as like we don't we like want to run away from pain we don't want to run towards it um but like obviously time helps I, I think people say like time heals all wounds and I don't know I don't necessarily believe that. Like, it does help for a fact. 
but I don't think if you're just passive I don't think time's gonna heal all wounds like yeah healing is an active process I think but just like giving yourself grace and how you feel truly um yeah and knowing that like God will fulfill his promises to you that was like my biggest thing in coming out of like heartbreak I was like what the heck I lost this person like and I was just feeling so confused and I heard God just be like I will fulfill my promises to you and like I promise there's something better and I thought that meant like that there was like oh I promise I have someone better for you but I realized like it's a way of life and like as much as that person was probably a huge part of your life like God has like such an abundant life for you outside of just one person yes next question it's not a question exactly but any and all crush advice is appreciated (laughs) you know we'd love some actually (laughs) you have some for us um hmm I think be confident and be yourself because you don't want them to like the you that you may put out there because you think that they would like it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. So just be yourself. Be confident. Know that your worth does not come from your crush and if they like you. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. That's all really good. I ooh, My ankle just popped. Um, I think, yeah, definitely not changing yourself. Um, for them as tempting as that can sometimes be and also like I think sometimes there can be like a temptation to like put other people down to impress somebody you like almost and like I I don't know is that inaccurate I feel like maybe more more in high school yeah definitely in high school yeah like in high school I feel like there's like a tendency to like put other people down to just like look better in front of like somebody you like or whatever and I would say do not give into that that temptation because I think for me that's one of the least attractive qualities Mm -hmm. and like obviously it's like tempting to compare and you like do want validation from from people but like just be like strong in who you are and like as an individual and like not in comparison to other people I guess and just like just have fun too like it's not that serious like just have fun I don't I don't know if that like how that sounds I mean you know have fun within reason ladies but but you know like just I don't I don't want to be like it's not that serious but like just have fun with it if you like somebody and you like spending time with them like just see where it goes just you know at, at some point you know be honest with them about it if you feel yeah. like you can do that and um just yeah it's, it's not that serious it's just have fun with it and there's something else I was gonna say um shoot Okay, I literally don't remember what I was going to say. That's okay. I think what you said was great. Okay, cool, cool. All right, what would you do? So this is like a scenario. What would you do when your best friend won't talk to you and you don't know why? Hmm, that's so sad too. I think that, I mean, obviously you should talk about it. Like you should be like, hey, why are we different? Or like, what's going on? Are you okay? Yeah. Not coming into it as like a different in like a defensive accusing way but yeah in like a genuine like I care about you and like what what's wrong like or what's going on and like why aren't we the same or like what's different yeah come and just humbly because they might get defensive and they might blow up at you but usually that has more to do with where they're at than it does Mm -hmm. with you and so I would say just pay attention to like to them and to be actively listening on like the things that they're saying because they might be hinting at like bigger things that are going on yeah and maybe like maybe you do have something to apologize for if if you did something to like hurt their feelings and they don't want to tell you or I don't know 
there's just like so many different scenarios that can happen but I think coming into it with a genuine heart of like you care for this person and you want to make your relationship better is a good mindset to be in to solve whatever's going on. Yeah I agree um I think yeah it just well I want to say one don't assume that it's like about you yes like don't assume like oh my gosh they hate me like I did something just you you really don't know what's going on in someone's life so just you know just go in and be honest and ask questions and be open in communication but don't like necessarily assume that it has to do with you at the same time if it does take ownership for what you feel is appropriate for you to take ownership for and I think and just also just don't project and they might project onto you and you you might be like projecting in this situation onto them but all you're in control of is your actions so like all you can do is is talk about it in like the most open manner you can and you can't control their response and then also just like Emma said, view view if it if it is conflict. Wow, I've stuttered so much. If it <laughs> is conflict, view it as a point of growth. Like conflict yeah. is not a bad thing. Conflict is perfectly natural and it happy happens in every single relationship. Mm-hmm. So like, don't be like, oh my gosh, like there's this conflict that means like our friendship is bad. That means we're like not going to be friends. Like, no, it means that you have an opportunity to grow, to be more in tune with the other person's expectations or the other person's needs and your own needs and strengthen your relationship because I think it it, honestly I feel like a lot of the conflict that occurs in friendship is like unmet needs or or expectations that one or the other had like wasn't aware of that they'd fallen short of I guess yeah if that makes sense yeah also just because this happened to me if they brush it off like it's nothing and that nothing's wrong you're you might have to come to terms with just the change in the relationship within yourself and that's really really hard it's hard yeah but at that point if they just aren't willing to acknowledge the difference in your relationship or aren't willing to like have that conversation or whatever needs to happen then you're just gonna have to come to terms with it on your own yeah I agree and that is part of like you can only control your actions and your responses yeah for sure how do I become more confident I think going back to the first question probably answered that a little bit but just do things that make you happy and do things that make you proud because if you're doing things that aren't making you proud or aren't are the opposite having the opposite effect on you like then you're obviously not going to feel confident in like who you are and what you're doing but yeah yeah um, I think one, be aware of who you're surrounding yourself with. I feel like oddly, like I don't want to say conf- my confidence comes from my friendships because that's not necessarily true. But when you're in like healthy friendships that are really like uplifting you and stuff, I just think you feel more confident because if you're like around people that are maybe like toxic or like not as not as good friends to you, then I, you kind of just always feel down. Like you feel guilty about things or you feel like you're not enough or you're not Um, like measuring up to standards or whatever so I think like part of that does come with like is related to who you're surrounded by so like evaluate you know evaluate that are you around people who are who are supportive of you and who are trying to help you grow and things like that too like Emma said do what makes you happy and what makes you feel good I think for me like I feel most confident when I'm like serving people or just like having the knowledge that like I'm a good friend or like taking pride in my relationships not pride in a negative way but just like you know acknowledging it like notice those things in yourself like what are you proud of like not in a bad way but like what are you proud of are you proud that you're like a creative person are you proud that you have like really good taste in music are you proud that you're a good listener or 
that I don't know you can skateboard or do something cool like that like take the time to acknowledge the things you are proud of in yourself and make that a daily habit I think also cultivating gratitude just like uplifts you in general and I just feel like when you're when you're more uplifted then it's easier for you to be confident and if you have to this is a practical thing I had to do in therapy I know I've talked about this before look in the mirror and say nice things about yourself beyond the physical characteristics like be like you are a good friend you are patient, like literally say them to yourself in the mirror, because there's something about like actually hearing those words and looking at yourself when you say them, Um, which sounds super cheesy. But you know, I had to do it. So you can do it too. I promise. But yeah, that's I think that's what I would say for that. That's good. Were there ever times in your life when you felt like you didn't want the quote unquote Christian answer? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. And I personally well yeah I don't think there's anything wrong with looking for other options that make more Mm -hmm. sense to Mm -hmm. you I will say though where this gets gray is when you're just like oh I believe in this and I believe in this and like then you lose your sense of like absolute truth so I would say Mm -hmm. like there's nothing wrong with like looking for a different answer that just sits better with you but make sure that you're backing it up to like whatever your absolute truth is if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it does. I think like the gray area can come from like, well, I don't want to do, I don't want the Christian answer because I just want to like do whatever yeah. I want. But I think there's something to be said for, okay, there's like the Christian answer and then there's like the cliche Christian <laughs> answer. And I feel like, okay, for example, like you're going through like a breakup or you're experiencing a loss or someone and someone's like, you know, God has a plan. And you're like, literally why Why? like I know that that's not helpful like no you of course you don't want that answer that's not in any way helpful like yeah I know that but just because I know God has a plan doesn't diminish the fact that I'm in pain now or whatever so I think if if you are a Christian and like you do value that then like there is going to be the Christian answer but the Christian answer might not be the cliche Christian answer like usually those are not the same thing I don't know if that fully makes sense. And again, with what you said, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for different perspectives. Like, I think that's healthy to ask for different perspectives. But I think ask for different perspectives from people that you trust and that you want your life to look like theirs. You know, don't just be like, oh, I need different perspectives. So like, oh, you believe something else. What do you think? Well, if you don't like the way their life looks or the way they live, then then don't ask for their perspective. But yeah, I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I've definitely felt like that, especially like I said, with the cliche Christian answers, like it's it's not helpful. And and most of the times it's hurtful. It just feels like it feels like people aren't necessarily acknowledging what you're going through. And I, I think like the true Christian answer, honestly, in whatever it is you're going through is just being there with you I was talking about I probably said this I don't know if I said this on a podcast before one of my friends was asking me like what does a relationship with God feel like to you or like what does community feel like to you and I said like it feels like the Brene Brown empathy analogy where like she crawls down like she she's talking about how there's someone in the bottom of a hole and like sympathy is like someone shouting from the top and being like hey like how are you doing that down there like oh do you want a sandwich okay, like, hope you're doing good. That's, like, sympathy, but empathy is somebody, like, crawling down into the hole with you and sitting there with you, and, like, that's literally what Jesus did and what who Jesus is. He literally came down from heaven into earth, which is, like, a hole, a mess, <laughs> um, and, and, like, took on every single feeling, and so I think the Christian answer 
is just sitting with you and whatever you're going through and being empathetic and being there with you in the mess as you work mm-hmm. through it. Yeah. That was really long-winded. So sorry. Next question. Do you have senior year tips on how to get through it? So yeah, tips on how to get through senior year. Um, this If this is your senior year, I'm so sorry because it's going to look a lot different than any normal senior year. Yeah, I'm just I really agree. sorry. But I think my advice would be the same. It would just be to cherish every moment and to remember that like you're never going to get this year back like you're never going to be in the same place mm-hmm. with these people again even if a lot of them are going to the call like the same colleges you like it's not going to look the same when your relationship is going to change and so embrace it for what it is whatever that may look like and cherish the memories that just mean a lot to you and the people that mean a lot to you because it's true like after this it just it doesn't it it can get harder to like maintain relationships, but it just changes. And yeah, and sometimes that's sad and sometimes it's good, but either way, change equals loss equals grief. So embrace where you're at right yeah. now, I think is my advice. Yeah, I agree. Um, On the school side of it, it's really hard to get through senior year because you're burned out. Oh, yeah. you're like, I literally don't want to do this anymore. And like, that's, that's definitely tough. Just like stick with it. The finish line is near. You're doing great. But I do agree. Like, the most important part of senior year is like your relationships with people and like cherishing all the last like I started journaling senior year and I would honestly say like keep a journal like seriously write down the way it feels to like run onto the field after a football game or like the way it feels to just be like driving how like a bunch of people crammed in a car like driving to some random person's house because they're like hey you want to like come over and watch a movie like write down the way those things um and like capture the there's like a feeling I feel like there's like a feeling of nostalgia for like a moment that you're living yes. in the present and like take that in and like feel it, write it down. Just like, I don't know. I felt that a lot this year yeah. too, but embrace that feeling because it really is like, it really does fly by and there's just like things, things will constantly change. So just relish the moment that you're in, like yeah. you said. Okay. What do you do when you receive negative feedback? Well, I personally <laughs> cry. Yeah. Um, unhealthily, I just do everything in my power to be better. <laughs> I overcompensate. Yeah. No. Um, I, when I'm in a healthy mindset, I take what is said with, um, I like think about it and I'm like, okay, how much of this is true? How much of this do I actually need to work mm-hmm. on? And how much of this is somebody just being like hurtful? But based on like that, then I decide what I want to do to either fix that in myself and do the work in myself or if I don't find it like as important to me like if somebody's just like this is my opinion and I feel like you should be this way like why are you doing the things that you do but you like the way you think like you do the things that you do like think about it make sure that you're not like just being closed-minded but then just decide what's best for you I guess yeah and I think that's good I think the first thing I would look at is who is giving yeah. you this this yeah, feedback yeah. Because there are some people where I'm like, I literally do not give an F what you think. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to take your negative feedback and apply it to my life because I don't want my life to look like yours. Like, I don't agree with the things that you do. So, like, why? I'm not like, I don't see good intentions there. So, like, why would I apply that to my life? But if it is someone like say say it's from like a close friend or something like that, and you know the intentions of your heart of their heart, and you know it's spoken out of like love and it's like an attempt to bring truth or clarity then it's like 
yeah, maybe do take the time to step back and to evaluate as hard as it is and as uncomfortable as it might be, do reflect on that. But again, if it's like, look at who it's coming from and look at what their intentions are and the context that it's taking place in. Yeah. And just, I mean, see it as an opportunity for growth. I'm horrible at receiving negative feedback. Like literally, like I said, I cry. That was not an exaggeration. (laughs) I'm not very good at receiving negative feedback. I'm getting better at it, but just take it as an opportunity to grow and know that like, feedback is like I don't know how to say this feedback is like a response to you but it's not like a reflection of you like someone's negative feedback that that's not the absolute truth about everything that you are like say you quote unquote like failed at something and someone gives you like feedback on it it's like that's feedback on one specific thing that's not defining you as a failure or like if someone's like hey you're not being like a very good friend right now that doesn't mean you're like a horrible person and like a bad friend to everyone like, you know, I guess it's not necessarily the ultimate truth or, like, definition of you. Yeah. I you know? But if you're receiving it over and over again from a bunch of different people in your life, then maybe take a step back and be like, okay. But this is true. <laughs> yep. Next question. How do you handle disappointment? Again, <laughs> I cry. I do everything in my power to distract myself. Not yeah, well. I think I don't actually know. I think what I do is I, I write. Like, honestly... I don't journal a ton, but when I do, it's because I'm disappointed. And that seems to help because for some reason to me, disappointment feels like failure. So if I'm being disappointed in something, it means like my expectations were too high or whatever. And so journaling is just a really safe place for me to like process my feelings, especially because I'm a three on the Enneagram. And so this is one of my tendencies or one of the tendencies that threes have. I like feel shameful for the way I feel, but even more so if they're feelings of failure, like disappointment and things like that. And so I, yeah, that's how I deal with disappointment is I journal about it until either the feeling changes or I know what I need to do to fix it um, if possible. But yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. Um, I think, I would say journaling is huge for me too because I think it's really helpful to be able to pinpoint yeah. it. Like what what exactly about this situation let me down? Like why do I feel disappointed yeah. in this? Um I think that's like really good to be able to pinpoint it and I would agree with that feeling of failure. Like disappointment really disappointment feels humiliating yeah. almost. Like when I'm disappointed I feel like embarrassed about it. Like, why did I, why was my expectation that? Like, why did I think this? Like, I tend to get like that kind of shame about it. Yeah, just like pinpointing why you feel the way you feel and what's like the root of it. And does it have to do with just this current moment and this current disappointment? Or is it maybe like a projection of other things that have happened to you? Because I think a lot of, a lot of the time we can, when we feel one disappointment, then all of a sudden, like all these past hurts come up and we're like projecting every single person that's like ever let us down or it's like situation that's ever let us down into like one single thing. Um, So really trying to kind of, you know, work through that and and see that clearly. And then I don't, if you're, this is kind of like situational, say you're disappointed in like a friend. I do think you can like address it and like talk it through with them. Like if you're like, I felt disappointed that you reacted in this way or X, Y, Z, like not if it's just you like judging them, but like if, if you feel like there was, 
a need or an expectation and like a friendship that wasn't met like I think talking about that is helpful or like in a relationship with your significant other or whatever it might be you know talking through that as well if it if it's like somebody that you're that they're a safe space and that you're close with and you can talk that through with and then again it's it's really hard like disappointment is really hard I would say if you're feeling a lot of disappointment I'm gonna give you a book recommendation (laughs) because um that's how we are (laughs) here there's a book called it's not supposed to be this way by Lisa Turkhurst. Um, and it's all about disappointment. It's actually about when she like found out her husband was having an affair. So a, a, a pretty major, you know, disappointment. So it's all about that. But I read it, it's taken me like such a long time to read because I would have to just read it like one chapter at a time. But it's literally so good. And it's kind of all about letting go of the way you thought your life was going to look to make room for like what it's actually supposed oh, to be. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. It was pretty much just like talking about how things breaking like makes room for rebuilding and how I need to find this quote. Actually, hold on. I'm got to read this quote because it's so good and it's about disappointment. Okay, I have two quotes from this book on disappointment that will probably say this way better than either of us <laughs> have said anything in this whole episode. <laughs> um... So the first quote is, what if this painful breaking is part of a beautiful remaking, which I really like. And then this one, this one is the one that like, honestly shook me. It says, sometimes to get your life back, you have to face the death of what you thought your life would look like. Oh. Um, And that one, like, I know, I love that one. I also would say that one relates to heartbreak. That's kind of like an answer to the heartbreak question too. But yeah, so if you want to read that, I'll link it um, in our episode notes or whatever. But that's also a really good book on disappointment and working through that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, we have one final question. And that is, when is a good time to date? <laughs> um, you go. <laughs> I don't know. Emma's like, I've been dating someone since I was seven. <laughs> that is a lie. I was, what, 14? <laughs> I'm sorry. No. I was able to drive. I think I was, like, 15. Yeah. Um, I would say, truthfully, this depends on – this is very situational. I think it depends on your maturity yeah, level 100%. and where you are. I don't necessarily think, like, ages – I mean, if I had to give a blanket statement, I would say, like, I feel like 16 is a pretty good age just because you can drive places yourself. Like, your mom's not dropping you off at the mall, you know? But, again, just because you are that age doesn't mean you're ready to date. Like, if you are – if you're struggling in certain areas and maybe you don't really know who you are, like, maybe maybe don't date, you know? Like, I I do think it's very dependent on who you are and if you're in tune with that and – yeah, your maturity level. I don't necessarily think there's like a one size fits all answer. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to go back and do stuff, not that I would like change it because I learned so much uh, like from my relationships, but I definitely didn't feel like I knew myself and knew what I wanted in high school. Like yeah. I was not even close to knowing what I wanted in high school. So yeah. Um, okay. That's all the questions we have from you guys. Hope you found something in there helpful. Um, but we really liked answering these questions. Yeah. We love these Q&A episodes. We'll, like we said, we'll post definitely some questions on our stories um, about this episode, like asking your guys' input on stuff. And then we'll post, you know, we always do these kind of Q&A episodes every once in a while. So be on the lookout for that. Um, our Instagram is at the Hasis Podcast. So that's the best place to keep up to date with us and follow along, get episode updates and everything. We will link some different episodes. I'll link the Heartbreak one again um, and things like that if you guys want to listen to some of our older ones that kind of relate to some of these questions. Yeah. But yeah, I think that is it. And Emma's phone is about to die. <laughs> so bye, sis. Bye, sis. <laughs>
remember who you're talking to now. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cutting it out. <laughs> but... <laughs> 